Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. This morning, we will touch on the topic of God's grace for us and how his grace flows through us. Uh, specifically, uh, as I was preparing for this, and I just felt the verse from Isaiah 55, uh, verse 11, which I think most of us are familiar with. It's, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I want to emphasize the accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Because firstly, as people of God, we know very well about the gift of eternal life through uh, the grace of God. We only get it through the grace of God, which is Jesus became fully man. I know it's on the lyrics that we sang. uh, Became fully man in the flesh, lived a perfect life, and then willingly, willingly took on the sins of all mankind by dying on the cross. So God did not do this because of what we have done or can ever possibly do, or he didn't do it so then we can pay it back somehow or even deserve this amazing gift of eternal life. So roughly, just God's grace, we receive this gift of eternal life when we acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for us. Right? So we can receive this gift once we recognize what had happened, understand the gift, and receive the gift. And when we receive the gift, We receive eternal life by putting our faith in him. Not our faith in Jesus, but our faith in Jesus, the faithfulness of Jesus, the Son of God, who has been given all authority on earth, under the earth, and in heaven. So keep the focus on God and his faithfulness. That's how we receive the gift. And for this morning, I want us to also keep the focus on God and his faithfulness as we go through this and talk about the grace of God. So this ultimate act of unconditional sacrificial love is what we refer to as the grace of God. A lot of times you hear God's grace, the grace of God, but what really it is? What is it? And to understand it, why are we recipients of God's grace? How can we accept it and receive it, truly accept it, truly receive it, and how can we get out of the way to allow God's word to accomplish what he had desired and will not return to him empty? So very briefly, I believe there are three faces for God's grace, and it is important for us to know these three faces, identify them in order to, as I said, not get in the way, and then also for us to partner with God and to enhance the grace of God to flow through us and into all those people around us, to the people around us. Uh, so the first phase is to understand why we are the recipients of God's grace. Uh, I know this may be common. I know this is preaching to the choir, but it's very important for us to be reminded again of why we are recipients of God's grace. So number one is God didn't have to do anything, but the reason that he died on the cross for us was because of his love for us. Not only does he love us, but because he loves us, he enjoys blessing us, giving us things, 
I say things, it's like, it's difficult to simplify this. Giving us our eternal life, giving us blessing, the friends, the families, and the relationship, and the people that we have in our life. He delights in giving because he loves us. So that's a, we need, we must keep that in mind of whether we think we deserve it or not. God loves us. He delights in blessing us. So most of, most of us already, already know this, but I just felt it's worth repeating. Uh, Psalms 18 verse 19. He rescued me because he delighted in me. God delights in us. Keep that in mind. So the more that we recognize that, the more special we will feel and recognize why he did what he did for us. Right? Through his love for us, he, because of his love for us, he gives generously without fault. James 1.5. Who gives generously to all without finding fault? So that's why I said with Christmas around the corner, it's a perfect time to, uh, uh, to talk about gifting. And I trust, as I said earlier, we all have planned uh, to get a gift for someone that we love or expecting a gift from someone that we love. Right? So I trust that we all get excited. So when we get a gift for someone, you, you get excited when they open that gift, right? You get excited when they receive that gift. At least that's what, how I feel. So I'm trusting that if I get a gift for Vanessa, hopefully she will be excited when she sees it or when she gets a gift for me, she will be excited when I open the gift and see what it is. So that is just a small glimpse of God. God loves it when we receive his gift and acknowledge it and open it and accept it. He delights in giving to us. So if we are able to give good gifts and get excited when someone else opens a gift, just imagine how much more excited God is. Right? Did I use that term correctly? God is when we receive the gift. Uh, Matthew 7, verse 9 and 11, it talks about, like, if, if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts, just imagine that God is so good, so good, how much more excited he is to give us gifts because he is good. God is good. And, and uh, Isaiah 43, verse 4, Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your love. Isn't that amazing? God spoke this about you and me because we are precious and honored in his sight. So this is just a glimpse in the extent of God's love for us, his grace for us and over us. So to sum it up, God loves us and he will do anything for us, right? Which he did. He died on the cross for us. And I trust these verses will help us to give a glimpse into the understanding of the why. It's not because of what we have done. It's all because of God, because of who he is and what he wants to do. And regardless of what we have done, God wants to bless us. He delights in giving to us. He delights in blessing us. So if anyone ever feel a little bit guilty about how things are going so well for you, please do not. God loves blessing and giving to us. He wants to give us generously because we are honored and precious in his sight. So once we have an understanding of why God's willing to give it to us, so the next phase is to, uh, in terms of not uh, interrupting or interfering with the flow of God's grace is to receive it, to accept it. If, if some of you are like me, sometimes because uh, if, if we grew up and we are more independent and it's difficult to receive gifts from others, right? Anyone? Or is it maybe just me? I know there are many people out here that, um, you know, something that we need to overcome is to be able to accept and receive 
gifts from someone else without any conditions, without anyone expecting anything back. Right? Because you feel like when someone gives you a gift, you feel like you have to do something back in return. But we must understand that God does not expect anything from us. He wants to give it to us freely. So the second stage is once we understand why God wants to give to us, then we can accept it and appreciate it. And it's easier to understand the grace of God by focusing on the giver. Because right? sometimes we focus on, oh, what do I need to do? How do I need to respond? But if we focus on the giver, focus on Jesus, focus on God, then we can actually receive it with care, with appreciation, and with the proper um, understanding of why we get what we get. So, so the first phase is to understand why we get it. The second phase is to accept it. And focusing on God will allow us to accept something that was given to us unconditionally. And only God has done this and willing to do this. So I know we all have gone through our highs, uh, our, our high of highs and lows of lows. But when someone ever given you uh, uh, the bestest gift ever, if someone has ever given you the bestest gift ever, better than anything we'll ever get for the rest of our life, unconditionally, I'm not talking about um, sentimental gifts. I'm talking about actual, real gift. Right? When we receive something that's so amazing, we usually think about why. And maybe sometimes you can't accept it even, right? But we must understand that God wants to give it to us so we can accept the gift that we have. And when I'm talking about the gift, is the gift meaning not just eternal life. God wants to continually bless us with relationship with the people around us. God puts the lonely into family. And he's constantly wanting to put people around us. Some people that, that will challenge us in a good way. Some people that will strengthen us. Some people that will comfort us. Sometimes people will um, encourage us. God put people in our lives for those things. Not just, uh, when I talk about gift, I mean the relationship, I mean gifting. He gives us the gifting to do all the things that we are able to do, right? Some are very good at hosting. Some are very good at um, speaking. Some are very good at praying. Some are very good at organizing. God has given us all this gift. That's what I mean also, not just like a physical gift, not just as a car. Also, he's blessed us with resources in terms of our jobs, our finances, our opportunities that we see. You know, people, uh, actually opportunities, we were just talking about people moving, right? We moved here from Minnesota. We got people moving from Denver to Chicago. We got people moving from different places to Chicago. So God gives us opportunity to be in different places, to experience many different things and have adventures in our lives. And God also guide us and lead us, give us directions. Uh, give us opportunities, as I said. So scriptures tell us as we understand who God is and what he has done, we will be able to receive it with humility, with proper care and appreciation for that. Um, I completely lost track of where I am. So then we can, we can take good care of what God has given to us. Be a good steward for what God has given to us. Then the next step is to actually live that out. Be an example of what we see from God. And I'm going to spend a, more time on this third section right here in terms of how to live that out. 
how to live out as we understand why we receive blessings and favor from God, be able to accept it. Now the third part is how to live that out, how to actually live out and be an example of the things that God has done for us and share with others what we understand of God's grace. Live as people who understand God's grace, who have received and appreciated and accepted his grace. Live in the way that we appreciate what we have and use it like the way that God has blessed us, open-handed, generously, cheerfully, and freely, unconditionally. Uh, some, some of the examples that, that, that we talked about God was giving to us, right? Now, be a replica to God's grace to the people that God has put around us. People who truly understand and appreciate God's grace, they, th- those people find tremendous delight in giving. I think most of us, whether we are generous or not, when we give things to someone, we find delight in that, right? We find joy in that. Just like Christmas gift, when you give a gift to someone and you see that as they open that gift and they get excited, we find delight. We find joy in that. And that's what God wants us to have more of in terms of the way that we live out our lives and what we give to others. So the act of giving is become in itself something delightful and fulfillment. It is possible that some people give out of the acknowledgement that they will get something in return or uh, getting, uh, expecting to be thankful, expecting uh, some kind of recognitions, but that is not the heart of giving generously. I think we know that. That's what we talked about. Jesus came, he died on the cross for us, and he lived unconditionally. So the heart of giving generously is to, without conditions, just like the way that God has blessed us. An example is uh, Proverbs 11, verse 24. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to um, poverty. A a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know this verse is, talk, uh, this verse is uh, usually talked about when it comes to money, but where your treasure is, if we focus on God, if we focus on God, if God is our treasure instead of relationship, instead of money, instead of possessions, that's where our heart is. If we understand why God gives the way that he does and be able to receive it, then we can allow his grace to flow through us. And, and understand that God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So as we give, that is how we, um, that's, that will result in our thanksgiving to our mighty God. Uh, 2, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So it's according to what we have. God wants us to release what we have with an open hand and be generous with what we, what we have been given by God. So let's talk about how we can assist in the flow of God's grace. So we talked about our God, why he gives to us, what he has given to us. He's given us everything that we have in our lives. So how can we get out of the way to allow God's grace to continue to flow through us, right? In the beginning, when we looked at Isaiah 55, 
my word will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. It will not return to me empty. So how do we partner with God? Well, let, let me back up a little bit. So let's talk about how we can assist in the flow of God's grace. So God wants us to learn how to outwork that. Be an example of who he is. Have a lifestyle of generosity. Right? Have a lifestyle of, of, of giving. Have a lifestyle of being cheerful when you give. And he wants us to do that through the church. The step of living out the grace of God begins with the church, and it should be done through the church. And I'm not saying this to put pressure on us, and uh, I just want to make sure that you guys know there's no agenda behind this. What I'm saying is I'm not making this up. We see this from scriptures in terms of how God wants to outwork the grace that he has given to us. Is uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. So his intent was that now, through the church. It is God's intent. It's not just a, a church leader saying this. It's not just any pastor saying this. It is God's intent. It is his design for his manifold wisdom. This manifold wisdom, for if, if you're like me, Manifold wisdom, sometimes I don't fully understand what that means. Like, what does that mean? So manifold wisdom, just think of it like uh, an illustration that would help me is just think of it like an all-inclusive, all-comprehensive. Have any of you guys have been to a place where, to a resort or a hotel where it's all-inclusive? Where you can eat everything, everything you want is there, entertainment, you know, whatever you need is in that place. That's what it means, all-inclusive. Everything you ever want or need is in that place. So that's what I mean in terms of manifold wisdom is everything. Everything that has to do with God is through the church. He wants the whole world to see that, and he wants to outwork it through the church. So this is how we partner with God, partner with his design, partner with his plan, is to do all the things that we have learned through God's grace, give generously, unconditionally to the local church of our time, our gifting, our resources, our knowledge. The local church is where we want to live with an open hand of God's grace, to practice it from, through the local church. So go back to Isaiah 55, verse 11, right? So is my word that, that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So God's word is one example of his, of his manifold wisdom, right? God's word is life. God's word is power. God's word is, is favor and blessing. Just remember in Genesis, right? He spoke. God spoke. His word, there's life. He spoke, let there be light. Let there be water. Let there be life. Let there be uh, creatures under the earth and under the water. When God spoke, there's life. There's so many things to it, so it's not just scriptures. God's word is life and blessing and favor. And I want to use an example of God's word not returning, not returning empty is in Ezekiel 37, verse 4 through 7. And I think most of us are very familiar with this, but I want to just read through this with us. Uh, then he said to me, this is God saying to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. There you go. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. 
I will attach attendance to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. So hear the word of the Lord. So God's word is life. There's power. So it's not, sometimes we think it's just scriptures, but there's life, there's power, there's blessing, there's favor, and, and it's everything's all comprehensive. So I do want to quick, make a quick note, quick note regarding, uh, we talked about giving and giving to the church and, and, and let God's grace to flow through the church. I do want to make a quick note to say that um, uh, I understand there have been some abuses in the past. I think we can all acknowledge that, right? There has been some abuses in the past within the church uh, in terms of abusing people, abusing resources, abusing finances. But I want to emphasize that it's just some, right? Probably less than 5% of all the local churches that you've seen abuses. Over 95% of the churches is the, the ones that's God-fearing and biblical church is practicing this model from the standpoint of allowing God's blessing to come through the church so all the people in all the nations can experience and see the goodness of our mighty God. It is when you see the abuses because of man, I'll use the church leaders, we'll use that term. Is that okay to use? Because it's man's selfish desire. It's a man's selfish ego and man's selfish intent that gets in the way. It is not God's intent. It is not God's intent. He had designed it perfectly. Sometimes we get in the way. We get a little bit selfish. So I want to make sure I address that. So make sure that it's God, God's intent is not to let his word spoken over us or, or, or spoken to us return to him empty. The way for that is to be done is through the church. If we look in scriptures, that is what is God, that is God's design. That is his intent. It's through the local church. We are to release what has been given to us through the local church so that the world will know of his manifold wisdom, of the world will see his gifting and his favor and his love and his power and his compassion through the church, which is through us, through the local church. So the more that we release this, the more we release our gifting, our resources, and our finances, the more God will give to us. He, he speaks about this in, throughout scriptures in some of the verses that I use. He is a cheerful giver. And some of the practical ways to live out what we have received from God, doing that through the churches. I, I do want to take, uh, take a pause and stop really quick. For those who are visiting, just so you know, I work full time, so I don't get paid by the church at all. We get paid like zero dollars. So when I talk about giving, just know that I'm not trying to increase my salary. So I want to make sure I, I, I stop and say that because I do think when it comes to giving and tithes and finance, I think there's such a, a negative connotations about church leaders needing to get a raise, wanting to get a bigger house, wanting to get a new car. I just want to emphasize that this is what we're speaking and seeing from scriptures, and it is true. It is true, and it's from scriptures because God wants us to go through the local church, and that's where we should exercise and release our resources, our gifting, and our time, and our energy. So I want to make sure I, I stop and make sure I say that really quick. Um, 
some of the practical application for us to use in terms of how we can exercise this, how we can give generously through the local church is number one, invite the people that we know to church. Share with them of what we know. Right? God has given us his grace upon us. We have the revelation of who God is. Share with them of what we know. Invite them to come to church so they can experience the presence of God together. So we can worship God together. So they can see the different people that is coming together and worshiping God. People with different interests, different backgrounds, different uh, everything. Different age, different generational, different educational background. God is the one that brings the people together. So invite the people that we know. I emphasize the word that invite the people that we know because the ones who know us know how we live. Right? It's easy to invite a stranger, and we should also. It's easy to invite a stranger to church down the road, but to invite someone that know us, know how we live, is a little bit more challenging. So we need to live out the grace of God, and when we invite them, there's more credibility that they can see, oh, Toby, he lives differently. He's wanting me to come to church because of what he knows and what he experienced. Okay, I will come because he talks the talk and he walks the walk. So that's why I emphasize the word, invite the people that we know. Share the revelation that we have with them. Share it generously. Share it freely. Share it without expectation. Well, if I'm sharing with you, that means you need to come. If you don't come, you're going to hurt my feeling. Don't manipulate them. Uh, secondly is find a way to serve within the local church. Um, when I say give, most people think about money. But it's also about our gifting and our time and our energy also. It's that we understand that there are people who serve, and sometimes you don't serve because of the different season that you're in, because of different gifting. Not everyone should be on the worship team. For those of you who have been here any amount of time, you know that I've always tried to be on the worship team since day one. But thank God to Vanessa. She is the last defender. She would not let me on the team because I cannot sing and I cannot play any instrument. Otherwise, it would be a mess up here. But there are other areas to serve within the local church, right? There's people back there working on sound, working the media. There's hosting. Uh, there's people cleaning up. There's people teaching kids ministry. It is all important. So when we come together and bring forth our gifting to serve, that is how the church functions. And when people come in, oh, they will see it and they will say, oh, wow, this is interesting. It's very different. There isn't like a formal, specialized setting. It's very different people just coming together and serve without expectations, without recognitions, and contributing and bringing forth what God has given to each and every one of us. So that's why we feel serving is an important aspect of being a part of a local church. And number three is to give. Give of our finances. Give of our tithes and offerings. And trust that God is our provider. And we're being open-handed with our resources and our finance. I know sometimes when we talk about um, giving generously and being open-handed, most of us, most of us very freely giving of our time. Most of us very freely and generously giving of our, our gifting and our resources. However, sometimes when it comes to money, it's a different story. But it is an emphasis, it's an emphasis that we must recognize Finance is one of the many things that God wants us to give generously. Be open-handed. Be cheerful. And, and most importantly, 
give unconditionally. Because right? I, I, I have seen and met, not here, um, and I do also want to emphasize, this is an extremely generous church. Just so you know, I want to say that this is an extremely generous church in all areas. So when I use an example, it's not from anyone from here, and it's no one in that you know. Um, so I, I have talked to people who would give, but then give with one hand, but on the other hand would ask, okay, so what are you going to do with your money? Or, well, I'm giving you this much. Are you going to name a room after me? Or I'm giving you this much. Maybe I need to get inside knowledge of what's going on. I need to be included in A, B, C, and D. That's what I mean in terms of giving. God gave generously. God gave freely. God gave unconditionally. And God gave cheerfully. And that is how we should also give. And I know we're talking about finance right now, but it should include all areas of what we have. Relationship, gifting, resources, time, and finance. Um, and one of the things that can help us, and I, I, I felt uh, it may be good to give a, a, a quick tip just in case you don't do this, is make it automatic so you don't think about it. We get paid, I get paid twice a month. It automatically comes out of my checking account. I don't even think about it, right? Because I know in the past, in the beginning of my life as a Christian, when I was tithing, when I'm writing the check down, in my mind, there's 10 different scenarios of what I can do with this money. All right, we're being honest here, right? I think we can be honest to say that. There's 10 different scenarios, like, man, I could pay my parking ticket. Not that I have too many. If you live in Chicago, you will get parking tickets, by the way, for those who are new here. <laughs> parking ticket, uh, clothing, you know, go eat out, buy stuff for my kids. There's many, many, many things. But if we just do it automatically, we don't even think about it, and we will realize that God is our ultimate provider. It's not about my skill or my gifting or my employer or what they give to me or what they think about me. God is our ultimate provider for us. So that is one little tip to help everyone. And that's what we do, and we don't even see that. So if you don't see it, you don't think about it, and you just know that God will continue to bless more and more. The more we give, the more God will bless us. Uh, I don't believe in the prosperity teaching, but I do know that God will always continue to give. He will always want to give to us and because he is generous, and he is a cheerful giver, and he gives unconditionally. So start with those three things. That's an encouragement for us as we end in the year and as we continue into 2023 is think about those three things in terms of invite the people that we know to church, right? Serve where we can in the timing that we can, in the season that we can, and give, give into the local church because God's intent, I will always go back to that. This is why we do church. This is why we gather. This is why we meet. This is why we worship. It's God's intent is that now through the church, right, not through nonprofit organizations, not through the United Nations, not through any denomination. It is through the church that his manifold wisdom will be seen by all people in all nations. And that is where we need to devote our finances, our resources, our timing, and our gifting to help people catch the glimpse of God's glory. He has poured his grace upon us, and he wants the world to know him through us.
Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Sometimes I stop myself and say, wow, God, why do you want to use us and through us? Because I can't speak very well. Most of the time, people don't understand what I'm saying. I don't look good. I can't sing. I can dance. Oh, I'm handsome to one, one person that think I am. And I can dance, though. I'm not going to dance right now. But I love to dance. <laughs> but the point is, the point what I'm trying to say is, see, God wants to use everyone. So don't think too little of ourselves. Don't think too little, because God loves us. He delights in us. He is a cheerful giver, and that's why it's important for us to understand why God wants to give to us. Don't think too little of ourselves. Accept it, appreciate it, and then allow his grace to flow through us, into those around us. That is one of the ways for us to get out of the way. Allow his grace to flow into us, get out of the way, and keep an open hand in terms of what we have received from God, what we have from God, and he will continue to give us more and more. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything else that's included. So that's what I have for us for this morning. Uh, in, if you can remember one thing from this morning, keep the focus on God, the giver of how generous he is, of how amazing he is, how he wants to bless us and give to us unconditionally, how he delights in us, how he enjoys us seeing and receiving the, all the things that he wants to give to us, all the people that he wants to put in our lives, all the situations that he wants to, uh, us to experience. And let live that out. Allow God's grace to flow in us and through us. And the way that we can do that is to be the local church. Restoration. Be the local church that do those three things. All of us. Right? Not just the church leaders, whoever they are. We're all church leaders, if I can say that. Can I say that? Is that okay? We're all church leaders because God wants to use every single one of us. So if all of us do those three things while keeping the focus on God, his manifold wisdom will be seen by everyone else. And that is being done, that is being done through the church. So that's what I have for us for this morning. Um, I, I have a bunch of other things, but I just feel like it's, maybe it's time for us to close up for this morning. And um, I want to encourage everyone to just go home and think through that. Think through why God wants to give to us. Accept, receive what he has, and how we can get out of the way and allow his grace to flow in us and through us. So uh, with that, why don't we uh, stand up? Why don't we stand up and uh, let's pray. Let's pray for this morning. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for you, God. We want to thank you for who you are, God. We thank you this morning that we want to praise you and we want to honor you. We want to exalt you. We want to lift you up. We want to make sure that Jesus, you and you alone, is honored and exalted and glorified, God. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you will work within our hearts, each and every one of us, to allow us to see you for who you are. Just a greater revelation of you, Lord Jesus. Just to know more of what you have for us, what you want to give us, how much of your love and your grace that you want to pour upon your people. 
And I just pray that our hearts will be softened and receive what you have for us, Lord, and allow us to just step aside, be open-handed with your favor and your blessing, and allow that to flow through us and into the people and the nations around us. So then your word will not return to you empty. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, and we pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 